Welcome to the Midnight Movie Club. This is a show where we talk about the subculture of second-rate cinema and the B-movies we love. Join us, and together we will wade through the sea of substandard celluloid absurdity. Like a post-apocalyptic neighborhood barbecue at the Alex Jones house, they're not for everybody, but we fucking love them. I'm Chris McMillan, and sitting approximately 80 miles to my south is my cinephiliac co-host, my socially distant sidekick, the one, the only, mean Chad Gein. Say hello, Chad. Hello, Chad. Hey, how's it been going, man? Ah, oh, it's good. Still uh, locked inside my house. Yeah, still living the quarantine life, I suppose. How about you? Oh, the same. You know, every day bleeds into the next. <laughs> I don't know what day it is. Have What day is it today? I don't, who cares? Uh, thir- Thurbies. Thurbies? <laughs> I'm, I'm making up names for days. <laughs> I like that. Then I will call this uh, Satterflaps. There you go. Sounds good. Yeah, Satterflaps. The one thing I will say about all this extra time is I'm melting my brain with terrible, terrible horror movies back to back to back. <laughs> there has been a lot of time to watch some some shit. I oh, yeah. Say that for sure. I've watched several things that I never thought uh, things that I put on the list that, you know, I'll get to that at some point and I'm getting to them. <laughs> and that's a good thing to have those that that go to list me and you in our older age. Mm-hmm. Forget about those movies. And mm-hmm. I literally have to take notes of, oh, yeah, I still want to see this. And then I'll finally get to it during this quarantine. And I'm like, yeah, that 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 was worth it. Or why the fuck did I ever write this fucking thing down? <laughs> yeah, they're not always worth going back and seeing. This has nothing to do with horror and this has nothing to do with this week. But it's just something I want to mention. I have been watching all of the Evangelion episodes. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, the what? The Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. I do. That's anime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's real bad. Yeah. It's so boring. It's so yeah. fucking boring. Every episode, yeah. I'm just waiting for the giant monsters. Why, why, why are you doing that to yourself? Because when I'm watching bad horror, I still want to watch it. And when I'm working at home, I just kind of want something on. And I think I've watched every episode of Guy's Grocery Games. So I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need what? mindless <laughs> shit in the background. Meredith and I are just about to finish off the fifth season of 90 Day Fiance on Hulu. And let me tell you, if you have not gone down that rabbit hole yet, my friend, y- you are missing out. And then I will I will stay missing out. <laughs> um, uh, so have you watched anything worth a shit lately? Recently, I decided since we're in quarantine and we can't 
you know, go to the theaters or anything. I recently sure. visited The Invisible Man. The, oh, the new, the new Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one done and? by Lee Wanell. The one who does mm-hmm. the Saw movies, that sentence with Kevin Bacon, and then he also did the Insidious films. I love those. Yeah. So this is kind of like a modern take on what The Invisible Man was back then. And I really enjoyed it. It's very horror, but also it's very thriller. They round it off real well. It's not what, you know, what the old Universal Monsters style of movie right. is. Lee Wan man, I'll tip my fucking hat three times over. He knows how to set a scene. Like the first, I think like 45 minutes of this movie, it's just wide angles where the characters are off to like the left side. And then there's just open screen on the right. And... There's nothing going on. The whole time, I'm like, Well, he could be there. Well, he could be there. He could be there right now. He could be there right now. Is there something moving? Why are we so widescreened right now? Why am I looking at the refrigerator when they're over here on the very far left of the screen? What is going on in this right-hand screen? And I'm still, like, trying to pay attention to their conversation. And I'm like, What is going on over there? And then nothing happens. So he's setting these wide shots up yeah. to give you the the impression that you're – well, it makes you look for stuff in the frame, right? Right. So you're, you're searching for you, – It gives you that disillusion that there might be something there because it's an Invisible Man. And there's no, like – you get the origin story of the Invisible Man. You start off with uh, her in an abusive relationship with her boyfriend, and then it snaps right into crazy, like, creepy shit happening. And huh. – that's where his horror element really shines. He can set a scene. Yeah. So that stuff is really good. The second half, when the Invisible Man like, starts like hunting her, it becomes more of a thriller. Sure. Um, so that loses a little bit of points because he did such a good first half with the horror. Like It was so eerie, and nothing was really going on. And then the second half becomes thriller, which is still great. And then the, the payoff is fantastic. But I really thought this movie was going to be dog shit, and... Me too. Like that trailer, it did not sell to me at all. It no, looked no. Terrible. And the cast, uh, Elizabeth Moss from uh, Handmaid's Tale, she, mm-hmm. she fucking demands the screen. Anytime she's on it, she's what to watch. I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's one of the more better, more better, whatever. The more of the, uh, <laughs> more of the better, like recent remakes of, sure. you know, of classic films and stuff of that nature. So that's what I've dove into. Uh, what about you, Chris? Have you watched anything good? So good. Uh, probably not <laughs> as good as that. I am. I do want to see that, by the way. Uh, before I move on to my pick for the week, though, so this was a straight-to-video rental, like one of the new quarantine home yeah. releases, right, for nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. yeah, you pay 20 bucks, which it's not too stretchy if you're watching it with somebody. Like, of course, me and my wife are watching it, so technically, sure. if you split it down, it's a $10 ticket price, which isn't too much more than... Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, we can make our own damn popcorn and drink bourbon in the, the living room. So, I mean, that would have cost us $45 at the movie theater alone just for the popcorn and the bourbon. So this is it's it's technically cheaper for me to stay at home and watch this. And then I watch it on my big 110 inch screen projector I have and it's all in HD. So it felt like I was in the movies the whole time and I got to pee whenever I wanted and pause it. So. <laughs> I guess that is a bonus. Well, that was my question, was whether you thought the price tag was worth it. I think it is, because those movie makers are trying to make it a little bit more convenient for us while we're in yeah. quarantine. So they're they're taking quite a loss doing that, in a sense. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I, I know some some people be like, you know, I don't like paying seven dollars going to the theater. Well, that's fine, but you also don't consider theater an experience. Yeah. So, I mean, I there's can... theater people, and there's people that just just want to see the new Marvel movie. You know, you you yeah, are the type yeah. that you want to go for the experience, and I yeah. can appreciate that too. I just I know some people don't give a shit. So yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So some people will scoff at the twenty dollar price tag, but I. I mean, we we openly paid it. Lee Wanell's always done great work. I always like supporting, you know, like the indie horror makers. And he's not quite indie at this point, but he's still not a huge name. You know, he, sure. he's he's still kind of making his name known. So I didn't mind paying the 20 bucks. I ain't got nothing else to do. Order Postmates. I ain't spending money on anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I watched something on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a new a new Shutter exclusive movie that just came out, just called Z, the letter Z. Okay. Uh, okay. Have you heard anything about that at all? No, I had not either. I had not heard one hide nor hair of it. I look from time to time to see what they have new, and it was the newest thing to watch. So the tagline is Z wants to play, and the description is very simple, and it's just a family find themselves terrorized by their eight year old son's imaginary friend, and if you've seen Daniel isn't real. It's a similar, it's weird that two imaginary friend movies have come out last year that are both horror, but they're both kind of the idea of like uh, drop dead Fred, but way more violent. (laughs) This movie, so I loved it and I hate it. I got to say, I'm going to recommend it. It stars Keegan Connor Tracy. I don't know if you remember her. She was in Final Destination 2. She's a magician. She's on Supernatural. She's done a bunch of shit. Uh, she's in it. Yeah, I didn't at first. I couldn't place her. I just she knew she was one of those. But I've, I watched Magicians a lot, too. And she's on that show as a regular. Didn't really have a whole lot of other people of note. The doctor was played by Stephen McHattie. He is he's one of those guys. That every time I see him, like, oh, that guy. He was in The Watchmen. He was in Pontypool. Uh, he's been in a bunch of shit throughout the years. You'd recognize him. But yeah. it was um, it started out pretty down the middle, exactly what you expect. The kid's kind of a shithead, and his uh, mom and dad are fighting over, you know, whether they should drug him or not, blah, blah. I'm not usually into jump scares, but there are two jump scares in the first half of that movie that Meredith screamed audibly on the second <laughs> one and told me she would never sleep again. And I got to say... From a visual effect perspective, it was fucking intense. Yeah, so much so though, in my opinion, that's the highlight of the movie. Like, it's one of those kind of like the kind of like Invisible Man in that it's kind of two movies. Like, okay. uh, did you ever see Mar? Did you ever did you ever see Martyrs, the original, not yeah. the American remake? So yes. you know how Martyrs kind of like it's it's one half and then the second half. If this is a similar, oh yeah kind of concept like and it's not a long movie i think it was 86 minutes it's an hour and 23 so you get to where it feels like the end of the movie and then it goes into what you think is the epilogue and you realize you're in the second half of the movie but it just there's a couple more good bits and it it does have a decent story they don't go too deep in it it's pretty basic i really enjoyed it i gotta say i enjoyed it way more than i thought i went completely blind other than knowing just that just that little intro and um i think you should give it a chance because just just man there's there's a scene i was just gonna say that there's a fucking scene so i have a a question you you compare it to martyrs yeah you know with invisible man it it changes tracks like in the sense that there's like a someone working the the railroad and they just pull the lever Mm -hmm. instead of going left they go right okay so uh with martyrs uh the train falls off a bridge and turns into a fucking submarine (laughs) so 
What? Yeah. What? What? Martyrs could be. We? <laughs> well, mar- martyrs could be cut into like two separate movies. I feel. No. Yeah. Like if 100%. you saw if you saw them as separate shorts, then you could they could they would stand like you could start halfway through the movie, not know the first half of the movie, and really not maybe know exactly what's going on, but you could you know what I mean? Like if you saw that it's, as uh like a Project Oats short or something. It's almost like these movies that we watch where it's like, oh, do I need to see the original to see part two? No. No. <laughs> you can literally walk in the middle of Martyrs and be like, so what's been going on? Don't fucking, it doesn't matter. It, this yeah. is a whole new thing and I don't know what's going on. I'm confused and intrigued. And Martyrs is great though. Martyrs, Martyrs is great. Martyrs is great. And I will never give the American version any kind of, not credit because I've never watched it. I'm saying I've never I will watched never it give it. I will not watch it. I will not put any interest into it because that first one's just, I don't see how they can improve on it. it that movie was such a mind fuck. I think they did it great. And then after watching, what was the other one they, they recently redid? Oh, uh, Let the Right One In. Oh, Let Me In. With yeah, Let, let the Right in. One In. It was such a paint by numbers like sequel to it. They didn't improve on any of it. Everything from the original, Let the Right One In was great and then let me in it was cool and it's fun you got casey jones in it but there was no need for that movie so i feel like that's what martyrs is going to do is this that american version is going to leave a bad taste in my mouth and i'm just i, I already like the original i don't really need another one so well if, if you'd seen the remake and not seen the original then i think you would enjoy it you know it's like the Ooh, cabin yeah. Fe- like the cabin fever remake like why the fuck does that even exist? Eli Roth even said he didn't know why it existed. They just asked him if they could do it and paid him, and he said, sure. So um, you're going to make me drink on this podcast if you're going to bring up that piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I've not, I've not watched that. I haven't watched that at all. I, I is, love Eli Roth's is, Cabin Fever. So, Dude, and, and the thing is, like, that's what I hold Eli Roth to. Like, that mm-hmm. is when everyone wants to talk about him doing, like, he's doing the new Borderlands movie. Yeah. Um, is a horror director, a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't like the Hustle movies. Whatever. That's gore porn. I don't care. Kevin Beaver was fucking great. That was kind of like uh, the B cinema that we watch now. Like, it wasn't a slasher. It was an affection movie, but it was hysterical. It had some good gore to it. It had some good practical effects to it. And it was a fun ride. And, you know, if you want to hate on it, that's fine. But, like, he put out a good horror movie. I get his understanding of, like, where he stands. But at the same time, there's no reason. There's no reason to remake that fucking no. movie. <laughs> no, like, no, I agree. No. I agree. That didn't need to be redone at all. And I'm an unabashed Eli Roth fan. And to be honest, Hostel is probably my least favorite of his films. But right. I mean, if we're talking about like uh, Aftershock, I think Aftershock is highly underrated, personally, as, uh, as far good. as his films. Um, I didn't care so, for Green Inferno. I will say that I loved Green Inferno. I did. I liked it. I loved. Uh, was it Knock Knock? Didn't he do that too? I think he presented that. I don't think he was. Oh, okay. Quite... He was the producer. But yeah, I like that better than I thought I would too. So let's go into the watch party of this week, Chris. Uh, it's your week. <laughs> yes, this is a watch party episode, and it is my week to decide. So I picked one of my all-time favorite Full Moon videos, 1991 subspecies or subspecies, depending on who you listen to, or absolute garbage. Oh, like come on. The, I think that's the, the version I got. <laughs> Listen, coming off Spookies, and you want to give me shit about this movie. I mean, this might as well be an Oscar-winning performance compared to Spookies. Let's be serious. There's Dude. some cool, cool shit in this movie that, re-watching it, I liked it just as much as I did the first time I saw it. Lost nothing. 
that comparing anything to spooky is automatically wins. So you're not, I guess that's true. <laughs> you're not far that's, off. Well, no. without further ado, then let's start the movie. So if you're watching along with us, you can start the show now. So Subspecies was an American direct-to-video horror film series of movies produced by Full Moon Studios. It ran from 91 to 98 and followed the exploits of the vampire Radu Vladislas, portrayed by Anders Hove, and his effort to turn Michelle Morgan into his fledgling. Then later they made a spin-off film called The Vampire Journals, which was released in 97, which in my opinion is a fucking piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> not a fan, and most Subspecies fans, from what I know, aren't really into it too much either and then there's supposed to be another one right they're supposed to start it in march of 2020 which obviously the quarantine's kind of you know put a halt on anything that's currently going on i think we'll say it was april of 2019 they had started they had announced it and started at least like the writing process of it which they've also tagged uh radu as a, mm-hmm. a returning actor he is coming back that motherfucker is like what 90 now uh, I don't he, think he's 90, but he's not up there. He's, he's not he's look, not young. He looks like Angus Scrim, who is on the screen right <laughs> he now. Looks like, uh, listen, Angus Scrim's hair in this opening sequence, this like blown out Beethoven thing he's got going on is fucking epic. All right, so let's talk about this for a minute. You got Radu right here, okay? Yeah. And his fangs look good. His makeup's very clean. He's got the weird salad fingers. I fucking love fingers. his fingers, man. His salad fingers. <laughs> You know, like, from the creepy yeah. online yeah. video. Yeah, no, exactly. I like it when the red water comes out. He looks like an, an a more emo version of the crow. But... Dude, I fucking love, I love, I love Radu. I, I, the movie is mediocre, but Radu is the fucking shit. Every time he is on screen, every time, I'm all over it. Oh, he, he makes this movie. Yeah. And you'll notice that his fangs and his whole vampire look looks yeah. the best. Like oh, he for sure. Fully pulls this off. But the night and day between him and Angus Scrim right now. Yeah. What, I mean, what, what, what happened? <laughs> I don't what know. There, there were a lot of hands in this cookie jar. They, they filmed a bunch of shit they didn't use. Like, you know, right now he's doing the, the whole finger gag at the beginning where he cuts them off and they turn into the demons from the movie The Gate. They originally filmed all that with actors. I don't know if you came across that. Did. In your reef. Yeah. And there's one photo I found on Wikipedia of the actors. Oh, I've they... a video of it. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't see the video. The cage right here, they made like a full life-size version so the, the stunt actors could, could run and jump over it. Now, granted, they look a little goofy, but... You know, so do these fucking things. <laughs> I love these things, man. I love his minions. One of the things I found seems like the actors that they picked to play the minions, they picked Romanian actors, and apparently they did a terrible job. These guys are freeing Radu. They're his minions. The the actors that originally played the stuntmen in this movie, then they got cut out. Did you know that they, the, the creatures that they used in this was originally from a, a film that they didn't finish? It was like an, uh, an older Charles Van movie, right? Wasn't one of his yeah. older movies? Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, I was confused, though. That was something I was curious about because it did say he brought on a different effects artist. He brought on David Allen to work with the stop motion puppets after the stuntmen said they were overacting and didn't look very good. So yeah. I guess they brought him on and then they 
Heath, he got some old props from Charles Band and reused them. That's what confused yeah. me. Yeah, um, the creatures, like the puppets they the, use, is we'll from call the them movie. minions. Yeah, the minions. Ba 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 na na. Well, actually, uh, someone referred to this in an interview uh, that subspecies is technically what the minions are because they're a spe they're a subspecies of uh, Radu. You just blew my mind. Do you get what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like I get exactly what you're saying. Him, I've never so heard that. So technically, the subspecies would be his little finger <laughs> monsters. But, oh. So the movie uh, they took those puppets from were called the Subterrarians. Oh, it's even got sub so, in the name of that movie, too. Right. They brought huh. in the special effects artist, uh, David Allen, to make the puppets and work with that. But there is a video up of them in their full suits trying to run around. The effects, they didn't skimp on them. It looks good. Like, their suits and stuff look good. It just, it looks a little goofy. Give me stop motion puppets any day of the week. Oh, I love sure. that shit. With you bringing up the gate, I love the creatures from the gate. Me too. So, Huge fan. This, me too. This was just a win-win for me for the opening sequence of this movie that is later mm -hmm. just dumps on me for like 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so that's something about this movie that I did when I was watching it the other night, uh, I had Meredith watch it with me. It has moments of greatness, and then mm -hmm. it has long swaths of boredom. Like, I yes. found myself just not paying attention for 10 to 15 minutes on end and being like, fuck, I don't, what just happened? And I had to rewind, and I've seen this movie 50 times. This is a movie that I had, I still own VHS, I've had it for years. It was one of my favorite full moon videos as a kid. But yeah. There's just so much shit when you were talking about the, the um, you know, Michelle and her two friends and Stefan and the shit at the school that this the whole sequence right now of them getting off the train. Like we could cut this into a third and give me mm -hmm. more Radu and the movie would have been much stronger. You know, normally I, I think you and I agree there is a fine balance of how much creature makes a good movie because you can go overboard like in with Mama, you know, one or that, Spookies. Or Spooky. Well, no, because Spookies was different monsters. That's more of like a cabin in the woods type scenario. No, I'm saying it in the sense of too much monster, not enough plot. Like, yeah. Spookies was great in the sense that it, it's a fun popcorn movie and it's garbage. And then you get the constant creature feature effect. But that whole time we're watching the movie, it's like, so what's going on? So what's going on? Why right. is this happening? What's going on? Hey, what happened? So there's, there is a fine line of you need a little bit of plot. You need a little bit of action. You need a little bit of creatures. You know, it's it's that fair back and forth. And when Radu's on the on the screen, he fucking steals the show. But Fuck yeah. when he's not, I want to fucking drive a nail through my yeah, eye. yeah. Every review that I found on it, I'd say. I mean, everyone I read anyway, they shit on the movie a little bit, and then they say, "But Radu is cool." <laughs> Radu like, is awesome. Like he they're like, great. I mean, but Radu is cool. There's, yeah. there's, they, they made, I know they made an action figure Radu later. Full Moon Video made some, some toys and there's a Radu toy. I don't have it. I would love to have it. They made a comic book series, like just shorts and a few other things. And I don't know. He's just one of those characters that like, you know, like the puppet master puppets, like Blade and Tunneler. Like those are horror icons to me. And I think Radu was in there. I want to compare him to the crow earlier because the crow is kind of a standout I see that. character as well. Yeah. But like for a vampire, Radu is very standout-ish. Yeah. You know, he when you think of like your vampire movies in in, in a in a lump sense, Radu doesn't look like every one of them. No. You know, he's got he's got nitpicks of certain things, like the long fingers is really cool. Yeah. And then he's got the the white the white face with the long hair 
It's not your basic pretty boy vampire. It's not your gothic vampire. He's kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of different things, but it works. Yeah. And like I said before, his his fangs look really good. I love his fangs, man, because they're it's almost like the teeth in between his fangs are shorter or they made him. I think they're closer together, but not not like all the way like Nosferatu fangs, but not, you know, Francis Ford Coppola spaced kind of thing. Like and I'm not sure who did Radu's makeup specifically, but whoever did the concept and and the and put that together has to be given the gold medal on this movie, because even his fingers, man, like that is a gag that it's kind of tough to pull off and not look like wobbly shit. Well, we'll say it works. I mean, OK, OK, so. And- until that fucking sword fight. Except for the sword fight. But that's what I mean. They could have had that the whole time. And I think a lot of that you have to get to uh, Hove, the guy who played Radu, because he figured out how to work them. Like when he comes to the room and he spreads them out really wide when he walks. I just think that, I don't know. There's just something about him that is cool as shit. There, there's a scene that- later where his shadow slinks out of the room after he mm-hmm. attacks one of the And this movie got some grief from the critics for, for vampire cliches. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one they wrote him on, but I thought that was – I think that's one of the coolest scenes in the movie. What I was going to say about it is it's a very Freddy Krueger moment. Granted, this movie was a little bit after Freddy Krueger and, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street series, but it's done differently, obviously, because it's sure. a vampire movie. But the whole, like, you know, the seeing the, the shadow of the claws and stuff like that. So, yeah. like, when he would turn into a shadow and disappear into, like, the crawl spaces, that was a very cool effect where it, you didn't turn into a bat and, like – fly out of the room like real corny or anything you like right. you slumped into the darkness there's something to say about that kind of a vampire where it's mm-hmm. not ah god damn it there's a bat on the head uh, oh okay there he goes there goes the main <laughs> villain like the main villain doesn't like awkwardly like leave the room or he gets stuck in your hair and like no like yeah. he he sleeks like he he comes into the room real sleek like and then he leaves real self like it's just a really cool thought of a vampire. Like it, it gives you that eeriness, but also it gives an element of uh, stealth to him. That's like he can kind of attack you whenever he wants, mm-hmm. and you really don't know when he's coming, when he when he's leaving. I think they do it twice in the movie, where they where they, he sl- they kinda, slinks away. Yeah, like he just you know he slithers into the darkness, and it's like that's that's a very cool effect, mm-hmm. and you can see his little salad fingers. I must. Find the perfect spoon. Like salad fingers. Shadows. Oh, I'm I'm never gonna forget that shit. Now, every time I <laughs> if I see salad fingers again, I'm just gonna think Radu. In fact, I'm thinking about a salad fingers style Radu drawing right now that yeah, is a real deep cut. Is a real deep cut that some people <laughs> might get it. Just <laughs> draw salad fingers fucking and then give them the, the the fucking butt cut yeah. and some little fangs. It's <laughs> uh, great. Oh shit! You can yeah, call it uh, like sub salad, bruh. <sighs> can you yeah, hear that side through the microphone? Can you hear that? Deep okay. Sigh. Yeah, <laughs> I I did. Speaking of his fingers, though, I saw somewhere in my research that after the first movie, they changed it from individual finger caps to basically all over gloves. Okay. See, now I haven't watched any of the other ones to know. Uh, anything about them exactly i know so, like who like he returns in all the sequels and everything mm-hmm. but i've i've never watched the other ones or uh the spinoff so well you know you don't need to watch that anything one on it really the, is it bad it's real bad the only thing that uh, the only thing that vampire journals really see i i 
I disagree with it being considered a sequel. It's another full moon vampire movie. It doesn't have any of the characters that are in the previous movies, but characters from it came into subspecies four. Yes. So it's uh, not it like an they didn't or something like that. Yeah. Ad yeah. Vampire yeah. Or something. Yes. Yeah. So they, there's subspecies one, two, three. Then they made vampire journals. Then they made subspecies four. They didn't call that bitch subspecies five. And the new one is also called subspecies five. So I, I, uh, uh, well, I mean, it's it's a spinoff for a reason. You wouldn't call it subspecies four and a half. No, I don't. But, the Jackass series. but I don't think it was a. I don't look at it as a spinoff. I look at it as they did another vampire movie. They're like that one went to shit, but we want to make another subspecies movie. People like the subspecies movie, so let's try to pull this one in. You know what I mean? Like it was almost like instead of uh, instead of a spinoff, I would almost consider it like a suck in, almost like a whirlpool scenario, like it. They got drug into the subspecies universe as opposed to being drug out of the subspecies universe. See what I'm saying? I feel like that. I feel like that's me during this entire podcast because <laughs> I got drugged into this fucking <sighs> series and <sighs> I can't find my way out. So okay, well, yeah, I'll give you that one. That's a fair. So, that's a fair right, analogy. So <laughs> for for our listeners who don't quite follow all this garbage that we do. So you All got some species <laughs> that we're watching right now is a uh, 1991. Mm-hmm. Then you've got which this is one of the weird things that I never understood. So then the sequel is called Bloodstone. Yeah. Subspecies two. And it's like yeah. why wouldn't you just call it Subspecies two Bloodstone? What, what are you? Because just they're trying, trying to, to be clever. They're trying to be or it's, or it's... they're trying to throw off their fucking audience and be like. It's not some species. No. Put it in real small letters. That way you have to watch it again and be like, ah, fuck, they got me. <laughs> no, because the, the first three, I will tell you, I haven't rewatched the sequels. I, I went ahead and got all the sequels um, to rewatch all of them. But I can't, because you know the Bloodstone is a big part of this first movie. It's on the screen right now. Like the, I call it the baby bottle pop. It's because yeah. that's exactly what it looks like. You mean the <laughs> glorified <laughs> hipster butt plug? His butt. It's a butt plug. It's a blood patsy. It's, it's a, a. It's a crystal that is also a butt plug, so it sends good energy <laughs> up your anus. <laughs> it is. It drips the blood of all the saints. That's what it does. But anyway, the sequels, like two and three, two picks up at the very end of this movie. Two, yeah. two does not skip a beat, and I believe three is very similar. So they're almost. Okay just one thing so so that's what i say i don't really like i don't look at them as afterthoughts like i think they're all a very consistent thing and then i think they i think they were shelving it and they decided to do other vampire shit and people were like we want radu again because those are vampires are dumb it, it makes sense though what like radu's a pull for these movies yeah like i mean even with vampire movies in general from from my era if you want to like consider like me an 80s baby um, like Lost Boys, Fright Night, stuff like that. There's times where like their their vampire effects kind of look really fucking cheesy. Yeah, like he has one look and that's it. He doesn't yeah. have an evolving look. He doesn't have like you know this is my final form look. No, nope. this is him and he looks yep. great. So there's never a time where it's like, man, he kind of looks odd or anything like that. But there's also times like if you go back to Fright Night where he gets the pencil oh, yeah. through his hand. And it's like, oh, what, 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 what is that look? That's, I mean, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of halfway there. 
Like, I wouldn't take pictures of myself half, like, combed hair. Like, what what is going on? You didn't, you didn't do the full look. So, I I can understand, like, after watching Subspecies, be like, no, it's a really cool vampire. We should do more sequels of that vampire. People yeah. love that. I can understand that. But uh, I think he was the only returning character, wasn't he? In all oh, no. No, 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 no. No, Michelle is in the first three. I know that for a fact. But, um, but it's a different actress, though, right? I don't think so. Uh, uh, pulled over, uh, pulled over the, uh, Oh yeah, the you're right. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, totally right. It is Denise stuff. Is she in two and three? Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes yeah. sense. When I was watching this one, you know, spoiler alert, she's a vampire by the second movie. So yeah. she, and I remember her look like it's burned into my head. And I kept thinking mm-hmm. as I was watching this, like she, she looks a little different. Like it could be her, like I can see it. So they did pick a good actress to replace her, but she has, she has like a boy cut, like I don't want to say boy cut. That's shitty. She has a short haircut in this movie. Yeah, that's but super shitty. Come on it's now. Super. <laughs> All right, everyone, listen up. In order for better understanding, we've asked students of Canadian origin to introduce you to their culture. And hey, Leslie, shut your fucking mouth to introduce you to their culture and customs. But in in subspecies two and three, she has she definitely has longer hair too. Okay, so I will say something about the actresses in this this film. One of them is actually from Romania, where it's actually filmed. And so I bought, like, what was it, the 20th anniversary Blu-ray? Yep. So yep. for some reason, they didn't believe in subtitles. <laughs> and since I, I'm old as hell, and her accent is from that area. Yeah. So at times, I'm, like, sitting there, like, two feet from my TV, like, what, 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 what is she saying? Cause, Arena uh, Movilla. Yeah. yeah I was, I was not going to say Arena uh, Moldovic. <laughs> um <laughs> The girl from Resident Evil. It's not her. Uh, That's not but... her name either. <laughs> no, nope. not even close to her name either. Nope. It, it's that's her. It's Mila, Mil- Mila, Mila Jovovich. Mila yep, Jovovich. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, but her accent is actually because Ugh. she went to uh, college and acting school and everything like that in uh, Bucharest, where just oh, okay. uh, where this film is actually filmed, and her accent is real for that area. Which is, is, is pretty understandable at times, but it's, it, at times it's not. I, I, you know, I'm getting older. I know you're getting older. Like, I like to have some kind of subtitles to kind of help reass- like, just reassure what I'm, what I'm hearing. Yeah. So, you know, going back to what you said about how 40% of – okay, probably 60% of this movie is just shit that doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I think she falls into that category a lot, so I don't think – I don't think no. you know what I mean. It, no. She no, doesn't say no, anything. Right. She she doesn't get. She doesn't reveal anything that matters. She doesn't bring any story points. She's there to be the bridge from the two girls from America to be in Romania. Um, if you want to talk about anyone not needing to be there, let's talk about Stefan. Hey hey, now you leave Stefan alone. Stefan has the coolest fucking hair. Pretty cool. And he's got the scarf that's just perfectly cool. Yeah, that's cool. And he's basically. I'm going to put a Twin Peaks reference out there. He's James, and everybody knows James is the coolest. And I know you don't get that, but my Twin Peaks fans will get that. And let's just say Stefan is the coolest. All right, so um, he's a fan. <laughs> he, 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 or, all right, let's go spoilers a little bit here. So he's like half-brother with yes. the vampire? Yes, he's, Rod- he's Radu's half-brother. His dad is so Angus Scrim, he, but they have different mamas. So he only, he only got... Radu's like fashion sense and none of the vampiric <laughs> shit. No, he's a vampire. He's a vampire. Oh, I'm sorry. What the fuck does he do besides just cower when the sun comes out? He wants to be a human. He is 
he does not like his vampire heritage and is no, embarrassed and ashamed of it. Right. But I'm saying he has no vampiric powers. He has no like strength. He has God, the power of that quaff on his hair. I don't know what the fuck you're exactly talking about. That's exactly all he has. That he has sh- the power of moose. That's the, <laughs> that shit is held up by anti-gravity. Are you kidding me? Like, I think his yeah. hair is the bat. Like, it's flying around the whole... Yeah, he's supposed to be a shitbag. And that's why he is not in any of the sequels. <laughs> he's in the second one for a minute. Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> Radu takes care of him. Ah, as he uh, should. Yeah. But I would, I, I, I am going to recommend if anybody does like this movie, they've never seen the sequel, or like one of us, or if you watched it because of this, I would, I am going to recommend the sequel, at least the second one, at least Bloodstone. I heard, I heard the second one is like Puppet Master Two. The second like, one is considered the best one. The second yeah. one is even if you look at IMDb, it has a slightly higher rating. Like it's the one that people go, like it's, it's the pivotal subspecies movie. But if you don't see the first one, then. You're going to be confused as fuck because it literally picks up right where this one leaves off. You kind of have to wallow through this movie to, to, <laughs> wallow? to, to get to the, the greatness that is the second one. All right, and motherfucker. That's, and that's what I've, I've, I've read is this is like the Puppet Master 2 where they're like, all right, so yeah. now we realize what we could do, what we can't do, Correct. what we have and what we don't have and how we can improve on it. And it's, it's a tryout session in a sense. Like this movie Correct. is a very much like trying out for basketball. And then this is the kid that has the gimp leg that can't quite play. And you're like, well, <laughs> we'll use him for special teams. Not special in that kind of sense, but special teams in the sense of football. Or we'll use them for certain plays. But anyways. Uh, go for gold! <laughs> go for gold! So Subspecies 2 is supposedly supposed to be the, the, the better of of, yeah. the, of the whole series, actually. But I don't know why you made me watch this one. Well, because you would not. It's it's worth it. We'll watch the second one later. I'll put it on the no, list. I'll just. No, I, it's not going to be next, fine. but I'll put it on the list later. It. Uh, You're stuttering to to find a reason. <laughs> Makes sense. So I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a couple caveats. This is one of Full Moon's first movies. This is right okay. off the bat. This was '91, and they started in what '89, '90 was when Full Moon started. '88. Dude, I can't keep up when Charles Band decides to blow a load and make a new fucking <laughs> film company. Yeah, I mean he changes every now and again. Uh, but this Dude, was Dude, he he changes fucking <laughs> film companies more than he changes his underwear. Possibly. Uh but he this was in the heart of full moon video for me. Like the first okay. couple subspecies puppet master, trancers, Dr. Mordred, that era, you know, the yeah. and this is also we haven't mentioned this yet. This is directed by Ted Nicolau, the same guy that I was, directed Terror I was getting to it. Yes, yes. So our man Ted. Yes, Terrorvision. You know, obviously, is what was it? Episode one. Yeah, Terrorvision was the very, well. I think it's it was episode one, right? Episode it's one. episode one because we yeah. had episode zero. That was his first directorial and writing debut. Terrorvision, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like he busted his nut. With that movie, Jesus Christ! I mean, granted, Terrible. that was my that was my pick. Man, that's a good pick. It's is not... that your first movie? <laughs> it says, according to Wikipedia, it says he did the Dungeon Master before that. That was the year before. I don't think he wrote or directed that. I think he produced. it. Oh, you're right. It just says filmography, so who knows? I'll have to look yeah. that up later. I yeah. think he just produced it. I think he okay. kind of like bankrolled okay. yeah. that one. But the writing credit and the directing credit was television. So yeah, Nicolau's mom oh, is I the man. It. So so Dude, I, he's I a- love it. All right, so he did 1984 when Dungeon Master came out. Terrorvision was 1986. So I guess 
there's something there that I'm not remembering that maybe he he did, but he's always been quoted as that was his directorial debut as Terrorvision. Yeah, so no, I, I think you're maybe right. It's a Toby Hooper like Steven Spielberg like Poltergeist situation where he was involved, but he wasn't quite the the main hand in on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Dungeon Master was an anthology. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. So it's and it's it's not like I think it's like six or seven bits. So okay. each one I know was was done. I think he wrote one of the bits. I do think he wrote. I don't know if he. I don't know if he wrote and directed the bit, but that's not a full film. So that would that would make. He did the segment uh, Desert Pursuit. So that's okay. that's where this makes sense because Terravision was right before Subspecies, but Terravision was his his baby. His, like that yeah, was his. Right his full-length movie because he's got uh dungeon master and then savage island is also another uh credit no i don't have that listed here yeah but he goes by a different name as like nicholas beardsley so i don't know (laughs) what what, ted nicolau did yeah nicholas i didn't know that yeah so i don't know if maybe he was just i don't you know there's there's no telling it's the 80s who fucking knows? Well, I wonder but, what happened here. So I found uh, that Dennis Paoli was originally attached as writer for the film. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah, and he's done some good shit. Like he yeah. pit in the pendulum from beyond reanimator for fuck's sake. The dentist mm-hmm. castle freak body snatchers yeah. like he did some good shit. And so something happened because he was originally going to going to write this. And this was this is a Charles Band. It's his idea. This is the idea. Yeah, it was Charles' it's original Band. idea, right? Yeah. It's his original idea, and then somehow it switched over to Nicolau. So I don't know if maybe if Paoli was giving him grief or like he just liked what he did on Terrorvision. But Terrorvision was made in '86, so because remember it didn't come out right away. It sat around for a while. Like I said, I love Terrorvision. I will always give it shit. But, oh, me too. Me too. It's one know. that you and I agree on for sure. It's it's definitely they, a... they had to marinate that fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or nobody wanted to put it out. One of the two. But, no, that's 100% what it is. <laughs> so, but subspecies wasn't until 91. So, I mean, there's five years in there. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Uh, 80, 86. It, well, yeah, I guess that is five years. That's yeah, five years. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know math. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, so let's, let's talk real quick about how after this movie, none of the actresses and actors decided to do anything else with their lives. Oh no, they did nothing else. No, they, I don't I don't think there's a credit in this movie besides Anders Hove and Angus Scrim that really did anything notable at all. Um, and Angus, you know, he played uh King, you know, Flaccid Dick. I can't say that <laughs> name at all. But uh he decided that, you know, he had the little opening scene and then that was it. And it's like yeah. Dude, you have a horror icon. I know. And y'all are just gonna y'all, you look like you antiqued him, gave him a Beethoven wig, <laughs> like wig. you said. That wig and is... then we're like, Alright man, can you do this? Yeah, man, just give me like twenty dollars and I'll do this shit and I'm out of here. <laughs> and it's like, what? So like you have him and then you don't use him. But right, Yeah, well, I, I just wonder well, if that was one of those things where they just because he's even the top credited cast member so i I, you you know all right so let's let's go into angus because i don't know if everybody knows who he is uh that's the tall man from phantasm if you don't know who angus Grimm is you're not listening to this podcast i I would say yay and nay on that because not everyone knows names but Uh, angus Grimm is is a fucking name to be reckoned with it's like not knowing who tony todd is at this point right and he had already Um, done a few movies before this came out right because phantasm and uh, one and two 
what else did he do before that? He did uh, Scream Bloody Murder. Um, he did Chopping Mall. He oh, fuck yeah, he was in Chopping Mall. Was Munchies before this, though? I don't think Munchies was no, before Munchie... this. It's around the same time. I want to say it was mid-80s. Yeah. Maybe later. So but that's what I was but... saying, is he was already he had already had two Phantasm movies out and Chopping Mall. Of, of, mm-hmm. of everything in his list, those three are, are big in the horror world anyway. So yeah. I wonder if they just... They're like, if we get Angus Grimm, you know, on the film, then we can get, you know, picked up by by more people and, and you know, use him as the credit. Just put him on on the poster. I just maybe it was I a mean, budget I can, thing. I, I don't know. That. I mean, he wasn't because he wasn't like a huge actor, so I can't imagine he was that expensive. I, I don't know. From what I know of that actor in general, the mm-hmm. dude's always terrifying in movies, but the dude's just super nice. Like he's Grimm. just a very yeah, he's very approachable. Was R.I.P. Sweetheart, I know it. Fast and what was it, 2016? Yeah, I think so. Three, four, years, four ago. years ago. Yeah. I mean, you know, the dude. I think he lived uh, almost till 90. He was 89 actually. Wow. And uh, he passed 2016 uh, on uh, January 9th. So it just moved right into the new year. Yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, he did a lot of shit though. I, I mean, he yeah. he kept even it wasn't like huge roles. I mean, because everyone in the horror world knows him as the tall man from Phantasm, but he did a bunch of other shit up until he died. Like, I know, yeah. I know from one of the last things he did that I was a big fan of was that Slender Man movie, Always Watching. Yeah. That's. The, uh, was the Marble Hornets? Yeah, the Marble Hornets movie. Yeah, he did that mm-hmm. one. But, um, and then he did that, he did Ravager, Phantasm Ravager, which I still haven't seen. Yep. Uh, I have not either, yeah. actually. But the game is finished. Now you die. But going back uh, to what we were saying, yeah, so he had a uh, chopping mall in his credits before subspecies, but okay. Munchies was uh, 92, so it was the year after subspecies. Okay. So okay. he did Munchies and Munchies Strike Back after that. Okay. So, I mean, he still had Phantasm 1 and 2 plus chopping mall and then Scream Bloody Murder. He's got uh, quite a bit of acting credits prior to that, but I mean, Phantasm alone, I mean, that's like Robert England playing Freddy Krueger, like. Yeah, you were already kind of an icon having two um, a movie and a sequel at that point. Like you've already you've already established your name in horror. Oh sure. And then they grabbed him and they're like, "We can afford five minutes." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's our costume, Ben. Don't uh, be a pirate. Pick a wig. Don't. No. <laughs> sorry, the gold vest and hook has already been taken by the werecat. <laughs> oh Jesus. Man, that, that, that's they all they, they have the, the full moon costume band. Like, <laughs> that movie was not uh, fucking full moon. Do not put that no. on me, Joe Dirt. That has nothing to do with this movie. <laughs> Spookies is not connected to this. No, uh, it's not. but I mean, it's it's that same grab pile of like. So, uh, Halloween City closed down. <laughs> this, on us and yeah. this is all we have. Dude, I love the scene on the screen right now. Enough. The scene right now is the Stefan. Is being teased oh, yeah. by Radu with the bloodstone, and Stefan has been out of his crypts too long, and he is weak because he's been trying to be a a, a human. He's he's too weak to be a, a vampire, and Radu shits all over him for it constantly, which I find hilarious because <laughs> he because oh, yeah. this whole movie is basically just Radu fucking with Stefan. It starts out Radu comes, kills their dad, takes their family heirloom. He takes the the money from the will, and he takes the estate. And his brother shows up, and he's like, "What the fuck, man?" And he's like. You're this emo. I'm sorry. I'll do my best, Radu. You're this emo piece of shit wannabe vampire. <laughs> you can't have my baby bottle pop. I don't know. I just love this scene because it's just it's it's 
it's so Radu to just stand outside the castle and just shit. He's just shitting on him for like 10 full minutes. I'm going to put my nutsack on your drum set. Okay? But at the same time, why are you bringing your, your blood so with you? Because he, like, he wants to flaunt it. He's flaunting it, man. He might as well put it on a big chain like he's fucking Flava Flav and wear it around town. Like, bitches, I got the bloodstone. Jesus Christ, he is the Flavor Flav of vampires. Yeah, yeah. Stop being a Flavor Hater. Oh, but he's good at it, man. Like, so this is something yeah. that I did want to mention about this movie that is not like anything that I found. It's just something that I think is interesting. Is that they do a lot of shots like this one here where it's clearly mm-hmm. not nighttime. But, no. the, but they they say things like that like right now this is supposed to be dawn this is supposed to be the sun is coming up and yeah, he's trying to break. get he, he says you'll never get to your coffin in time until this, this fucking guy comes and saves him and puts him in his coffin um but it's it's like they were just like fuck it <laughs> we're just gonna say yeah. it's dark and we don't we want to see the shit so and i kind of i kind of like it like i it's not bad you just forget like, at a certain point, it just doesn't matter, you know? Well, so one thing that helps it, you know, like, with it being daybreak and stuff like that, this was the first American film that was filmed in uh, Bucharest. Yeah, uh, in Romania, Romania at all, so, yeah. So I don't know what the restrictions were when it came to filming. Oh. You know, like, certain things of, like, you know, the nighttime shots were a little harder to get because it was Maybe. harder running power. They had to run off Jenny's. You know, some of these shots could just be, we wanted to get the castle in it or... Band uh, was noted as saying that one of the reasons, because he didn't like Romania at first when they went over there, but one of the things reasons he stayed was because he said he, he got some some pretty good liberties with the ruins that they let him work with and stuff. Like they weren't super restrictive on him using the ruin sites and things. So I think that was part of the reason they stayed in Romania. Also mm-hmm. because the actors were cheap because it's Romania. Um, yeah. But this is right after communism fell over there, right? Like what year did that happen? So this is 91. Yeah, it was 89. Was 80, 89, yeah, as it go. says, the yeah. fall of communism, 89. So this is it, so, yeah, it, just right two after. Two years after. Right? Well, if it came out in 91, it was filmed in 90, for sure. Yeah. So, so. let's talk about the scene that we just missed, though. Um, so you've got uh, Ivan loading right. up shotgun shells yes. with rosary yes. beads. I'm glad you mentioned that. That is a really cool that's a great that's fucking idea, right? That's a great right. fucking idea. That's something that I mentioned in Meredith when we were watching it. It's like, how come nobody else has done that? That's a great right. idea to fight vampires. I'll say, what was the, uh, there was another movie where they would carve like the uh, crosses into like the bullets. Bullets. I've seen that would, too. Yeah. Before, uh, you know, they put it in the, the gun and it's like, that's, I mean, okay, I get well, it. But, but the rosary bees in the shotgun shells as yeah. this, like the scatter shot, like. It's great. <laughs> smart. It's real smart. I and my one my one complaint about that is later on in the film when we use that weapon. Um, yeah. He has like three of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. He shoots it like oh, three times, it. and then he's just like, "Oh shit! Now I'm now I don't have any more." Like, what? This is a you should have had a fuckload of these. Well, I mean, how many rosaries do you just have laying around? This is Romania. What else do they have? They're like. They're fucking everywhere over there. They're like they're like plastic bottles. You just find them on the street, laying all over the place. Or now I'd say they're like rubber gloves and and fucking masks. You just see them laying all over the street everywhere. You just yeah, you just they're That's just true. It's it's like New Orleans and Mardi Gras with fucking showing your titties and getting beads. Like they're just throwing rosaries at people in Romania. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no, so. that sounds that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, so we were we were just talking about how this. The scene prior to this was, you know, it was technically nighttime, but right. it was like 
daybreak. It was super, uh, super bright. Uh, there's a there's a deleted scene with Radu that they would show him during the day when he would be sleeping in his coffin that he would turn into a rotted corpse. That's cool. Are they cut so, it out? Like, he, they cut it out because the, the effects didn't they didn't look good. They said that it, <laughs> like the final product didn't I guess didn't warrant you know to be in yeah, the film, which just wasn't good enough. Granted, we get the little purple puppet monsters, but the subspecies. Right. So I don't know exactly how bad that would have had to be to be cut from this film. Yeah, that's my question. Obviously that bad. But I mean it's a cool idea though. Like that yeah, technically sure. like during the day, like he's literally not alive. Like he's yeah. just dead. And then he fills the life as soon as like, you know, the, the sun sets and he becomes it's almost like a werewolf transition in a sense. And I thought that was kinda cool. Yeah. It's for this movie being a very vampire movie. It has some really creative ideas, yeah. And it kind of sucks they cut that out or wasn't able to pull that effect off. Now, is that is that on your DVD? Is that an actual deleted scene, or is it just cutting room floor? Deleted oh, scene? I I did not get to see this. This yeah. was something that uh, an, an interview was uh, discussing that okay. there was a deleted scene about that, and it didn't make the final cut. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks because I would have liked to at least seen the atrocity that didn't make it onto. Yeah. The- well, that's what I mean. Like, did the DVD set have any special features at all? It didn't have fucking subtitles yeah. for a movie called well, Subspecies. <laughs> well, I know, but it didn't have any. There was no behind the scenes or anything extra on the disc besides um, the movies. There's some, there's some stuff, but there's no like they they really didn't dive too deep into it. It was basically like a remaster in a sense. Like they were like, we'll take the original cut and we'll make it into a Blu-ray. Okay. And it. Is it widescreen? Yes. It is. Okay. I'll say that. Yep. Because yeah, I, so. I did see somewhere, or they were going to put out a widescreen set in like, was it like the early two thousands, and then it got canceled for copyright right reasons. So I didn't know if the DVD set you had was widescreen or full screen. Because my so my version is, is VHS, the... so it's full screen. <laughs> no, this is the twentieth anniversary, and this was nineteen ninety, so this was like two thousand eleven. Okay, so, I mean, this was really before like like horror nerds were able to like really dive deep like Scream Factory, and right, like that, right, right, where they would you know get that extra footage and. And everything, so it was just kind of like a remaster or putting it on Blu-ray yeah. for the first time, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think, you know, with these movie, these specific like early '80s, and we could even say specifically like the Charles Band type films or Full Moon films. It, you know, I think we keep running across that is there's not a lot of information, and mm-hmm. and I wonder if because most of it was just it's like Charles Band, Ted Nicolau, a handful of other people, and then foreign help. <laughs> It's like either an Italian staff or Romanian, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I just don't think there was a lot of a lot of people on set that cared to keep track of any of this shit. Okay, so you've got Shudder, yeah, correct? Correct. Okay, so I I just got Shudder uh 2 3 weeks ago. Oh, cool. Uh, and I yeah, so I've been watching that uh Cursed Films thing. Yeah. So if if you go and watch some of those, it's like, okay, some of the stuff I know some of the stuff, you know, I kind of don't know. And then, like, the Twilight Zone episode happens, and I'm like, oh, what's what's cursed about this episode? I've never heard of this. And all the shit that happened on that episode, I was like, holy shit, like, I've never heard of this. It's because there's certain movies that have the luxury of having people kind of film right. behind the scenes. Right. And then, you know, m- movies like this, where it's like, what you have is what you have. Right. This is They didn't really have that opportunity to 
have someone on staff just to, to film a behind the scenes because you know, this was this wasn't a huge title. This was kind of a taking a risk movie. Yeah, they had all these extra people taking all these different camera angles that were just not filming. Yeah, that it's like, oh yeah, because you had that money because Twilight Zone was already successful as a TV series that they made into a movie, and then that you know it just. You know, like some of the stuff, I think it all comes down to budgetary stuff. Like sometimes well, I, there's this, yeah. there's people to film it, and there's sometimes there's not. We, I, I know, I know we couldn't find a budget for this movie, but I'm sure it was a shoestring budget. It was early full moon, but I, I think that's definitely a big part of it. But I think a lot of it really is just that I don't think they thought anybody would give a shit. You yeah. know, like I read a thing one time that said the reason, like deleted scenes, and I don't remember what it was, but it was an interview I was reading with some film th- film guy, and he was saying that he thought deleted scenes were. Because it was an early, I remember it was an early like Blu-ray releases, and everyone was so excited about the deleted scenes and all that shit, and the the um the commentaries when that became a big thing. And he was like, I don't know why anyone gives a shit. They're deleted for a reason. <laughs> you know, right. they're they're edited out because they're not good. And there's this, I think, because we are, uh, our, because our society has become such voyeurs, like mm-hmm. with reality TV and shit. And I'm just as guilty that we want to know those things and it's become a culture. Yeah. And so we're interested in the behind the scenes. And and I think, you know, when Ted and Charles were making this movie, they didn't think anybody would give a shit. So, right. so it didn't even, it didn't cross their mind. Plus you yeah. said because of budget, they were filming with one or two cameras. And I think on a lot of those bigger budget movies, they film with multiple cameras to get multiple angles so they can, you know, do editing with, with more dynamic shots. And so you've just got a bunch of extra shit. Yeah. Well, it's like with the Spookies originally was, uh, what was it, two and a, two hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. And they cut it down to 40 minutes and then started filming a new movie. I just got the 2019, you know, Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray Ultimate Edition of this thing. And there's no like, oh, here's the extra shit that they cut right. out. No, because back then it was just like, no, this is, this is shit we don't need. So just fucking delete it or throw it away and it's like it probably got okay. tossed i mean honestly yeah. like I, I don't think you know it wasn't digital so it wasn't saved on a hard drive so it was a film right. or a tape and it either got recorded over or it dry rotted somewhere you know right and that's a another thing with the cursed films there was an alternate ending for poltergeist 3 oh no shit and it was because uh the main actress uh the little girl she had she had passed and they had filmed the original ending, but they weren't happy with it. So they were forced back in to re-record uh, a new a new ending, but the actress had died. Yeah. So they were just like, well, we really don't want to do this. This is in bad taste and, you know, whatever. I guess I just, I'll fucking do it. Who, who didn't like the ending? Us. Who didn't like the ending? The company. I think it was okay. MGM. So not the directors, writers, and crew. It was the no. people selling the film. Everyone actually attached with a heart yeah. you know in the in the film thought it was wrong to go back in but you know the main company was like no we paid for this movie you've got 95 percent of it done we don't like the ending go back in and that's when you get the tangina i have the power <laughs> <laughs> fucking the love He-Man. tangina man i fucking love her they linger in a perpetual dream state a nightmare for which they cannot wake. You get the you get the He Man yeah. ending, and it's like, what bullshit is that? So, 
up until now, I, I didn't know that. And then Screen Factory put out the Poltergeist 3 Collector's Edition like two, three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, which I just now ordered because it was going out of print. Um, they have the original shot ending on it. But up until now, that, that shit wasn't available. Huh. Interesting. But people go back and fucking howled them and was like, all right, man, like, yeah, fuck, here you go. Here's the footage of the original ending that we didn't, we weren't happy about of the dead girl. You guys fucking satisfied? And it's like, oh, damn. Like, did they, how did they use, did you guys hound them about that? Did they use an actress in her place or did they just, no, is she was, just not in those? I just watched okay, that again so, last year and I can't remember. All right. So the original ending actually had her frozen when they went over there. Yeah, right. And it actually, which is a huge plot hole in, in part three. Uh, Scott actually comes back. Okay. Oh. So originally, Scott comes out of the pool and he's frozen and blah, blah, blah. And that's evil Scott. Um, so in the alternate ending, like that shows all of them coming back. Okay. So like Scott was still supposedly stuck over there and like the further. And the, further. the ending. Yeah. So the ending that that got in, you know, in the movie right. and was put out, um, they just. They just leave Scott over there. They don't ever say anything about him. Oh, fuck Scott. And they just, yeah. So, but at the end of the original ending, uh, the one that got printed, uh, they just used a stunt actress and they put her in the red jammies and yeah. just didn't show her face. And they were like, that's right. I know. Oh, that, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They were all just kind of mortified by it. And it's like, because are they like? Because it's the fro- there's the frozen bedroom sequence. I remember that in the mirror. Yeah. And then the dad's yeah. like picks her up and is like hugging her right in the red pajamas, and you just never see her face again. She's just tucked into his. It's really yeah. awkward. And I remember that now. It's very awkward yeah. and strange. And like even watching it, you can tell like that's weird. She's not going to look up at all. Right. Yeah. You don't. You don't get that. Everything's okay. Kind of. No, thing. it doesn't this feel that way. This is a whole way. movie based off mirrors. Right. Where everything's a little off, and you don't get that final. Oh shit! Okay. And that last so, minute that could that could technically not be her. Yeah. So I mean, you don't get that final <laughs> oh, payoff, shit. and it's gonna be her. That gives me a whole new view of the end of, of fucking Poltergeist three. Because yeah. now I'm gonna go with that's not her that got out of the of the other universe. Right. here. And then Scott's still over there. And you know what's funny is they go back and they talk to Scott about that because he didn't know it when he went to see the premiere that they filmed another ending that was in the original it's a final cut so he went in thinking he's he's coming out (laughs) at the end and so he sees this and he's like what what the fuck what What, the fuck guys what what do you mean we're we're I'm not even in this like they're all hugging at the end and Scott's just not there (laughs) Uh, they get to the end and he's like what the fuck guys they're like oh Scott uh, <laughs> sorry and their their response to them was we're saving you for poltergeist 4 yeah womp 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 <laughs> yeah uh, so that in, that uh that alternate scene though they had it was just like some of the special effects were really fucking bad yeah well, so they just they kind of scrapped it and I understand it they need to spend more time on it but you know hey editing just, is important and it would have yeah. probably helped this movie out if they had edited out some of the boring shit and just done more raw dude well, that's why we got in the Poltergeist three because that's right. Yeah. Jesus Christ, yeah. nothing Jesus is Christ. happening right now. <laughs> well, we have the sequence at the festival, the masks, and Radu is hiding there. A lot has happened. It just happens in such a kind of a dragging manner because he's he's killed the one killed in air quotes the one friend, but she's going to turn into a vampire and yada yada. So, and uh, I think we we are approaching the 
cool castle sequence towards the end, but we're not. Oh there yeah, yet. that's that's when this movie starts picking back up. Is yeah, the beginning starts off so strong with you know you get you get introduced to uh, the king, like his father. You get introduced to the bloodstone. You get introduced to the finger minions, mm-hmm. and then Radu himself, who is also really cool. And then it's like, all right, so now we're gonna drag this out until the main climax. And then you get Radu again. And but like, then you get then you get like the last half is Radu with I don't know her name the blonde chained up in his cellar with just perfectly cut slices in her shirt to show her titties. Oh yeah, <laughs> and she just sits here <laughs> topless for like thirty minutes. Okay, no, so and it's it's perfectly <laughs> open too, where they're like, all right, well, oh yeah, on. yeah, your, yeah, your boobs not showing, so we need yeah, to, but like yeah, if you if you really look at the slits, they're they're straight down. And then there's one where her, the one where her nipple is showing, like they, they cut it diagonally a little bit so it would hang open. And it's like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> you know what do you, you were doing. Like, do you think it was somebody's job to go over between takes and pop her tits back out of the holes if they slid over? Yes. I, I can guarantee <laughs> you there was someone like that. That like, was a hard yes. Yes. I mean, okay, so this, this shot that you see of her like sideways like that, uh-huh. like, it's straight down where that one makes sense. It's the one on the right that I was talking about. The the yeah, shot yeah. Go, no, like I the, see what you're saying. The cut yeah. goes down and then it goes like <sighs> a little bit to the left a little bit where it was like, Oh fuck, we we miscalculated where the nipple would be. We need to <laughs> we need to cut like we need to cut a little pocket there for you. <laughs> nipple pocket. So bad. Yeah. Uh tell you what, man, before we go any further, why don't we take a quick commercial break and a moment for our sponsors and then we'll get back to the show. <laughs> for All our right. tonsils god Let's damn go it take a quick commercial break for our tonsils all right and then we have mara chained up right now with both boobies out and then Look here good. comes the little uh, purple evil ashes from Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah. They kind of have like little dicks for tails and, and she kicks one <laughs> They're of them. They're my favorite, and, dude. And then he decides to be like, hey, bitch, why, why, are, you, why are you kicking me? <laughs> I love it when he hisses at her, dude. Right. He's like, yeah. I'm... We're just in here to steal your soul and oh, bitch, why are you kicking me? Say what you want about this movie. There was a couple stars on the creature effect team of this movie. If you oh, want yeah. to put it That's that. the only stars of this movie. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, so I've got for like the costume, well, since I can't say her name, it's Oana Pacific Ocean. And <laughs> she's, she's actually like when I was like researching this film to see like what maybe some of these other people have done. It's like, oh, like she's actually done some things. And it's like she was a designer in uh, What Happened to Monday. Which was a, a Netflix fl- uh, oh, film from like yeah, yeah. two years ago, I think. It was yeah. a sci-fi film where she played like game. several different characters, but they're all, you know, the same person. Uh, she did Pulse, not the original Pulse, like 2006 with like Kristen Bell Pulse. Yeah, uh, Seed of Chucky and Mirrors, Mirrors with like Keith or Sutherland. Yeah. Um, and then she's also done all the four, uh, all four of the subspecies movies and Vampire Journals. And then also did a retro puppet, puppet master. So she's got oh, a little, cool. yeah. little bit of credit underneath her. So it's not bad. And then she also produced subspecies two and three. 
So well, I, I don't think you're the only one that can't pronounce her name because, like a lot of these movies we discovered, it says Awana Panescu as Awana Tofan. <laughs> so yeah. no, I, I said it right. Awana Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah. if you want to move down to the special effects team, next on my list, I've got uh, Todd Tucker. And he was actually part of, like, the special effects, like, more of the, like, creature design stuff. Okay. And he's been noted with credits with Bram Stoker's Dracula, Hook, like, the Peter Pan movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mask with Jim Carrey, uh, Insidious 4, oh, BG, cool. The Origin of Evil, the recent remake in 2009 of, or not remake, I don't even really know what you would call it, The Night of Demons. The, the one they did in 2009 with oh, yeah. and Elizabeth. Right, yeah. They That's a remake. Did... Wouldn't you call it a remake? Is that a I remake? Guess. I guess. Yeah. Right? It's a, it's a remake. I'd say it's okay. a remake. It's a loose remake, but it's she's still playing. I mean, it's the same fucking movie. She still plays yeah. Angela, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. And then you got Watchmen, Hannibal, Bless the Child. And then, of course, you know, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Power Rangers. Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it. And, yeah. of course, the crowning achievement of Todd Tucker's life, the sweet life of Zach and Cody from no. the Disney Channel. No, disagree. <laughs> Moving on. He was... Uh, anyway. Uh, he's got a few Disney credits in there, and it's like... What? Why? Why? Why did... What? What? A special effects were you doing on Zach and Cody? Make up paper, boo. Make up paper. I guess. Yeah. I mean, so I noticed that uh, I was looking through the crew as well, and the uh, I noticed one that stood out of everyone else was Dave Allen, who we mentioned earlier was the feller that Nicolau brought in to help with the creatures and, you know, change the puppets, well, change yeah. the actors into puppets. And he said he wanted to give it a more magical look. But so when I looked him up, he has – he has done some shit. He did the Howling. He was the visual. Uh, he was the stop motion animator for the Howling. He, nice. he was the chief, the chief puppeteer on Willow. Um, okay. He was a visual X supervisor on Pulse Pounders, which we've talked about. He mm-hmm. also did a bunch of other full moon shit. He did Crash and Burn. He did Doctor Mordred. He did Demonic Toys, Puppet Masters. I think one, two, three, and four. Uh, Doll Man, Robot Wars. I mean, he's done. Oblivion. He also was the stop motion supervisor and rod puppet on Batteries Not Included. <laughs> like I'm supposed to know what the fuck that is. <laughs> You've never seen Batteries Not Included? No. The little robots that come from space. It's. Do you remember? Do you remember? Okay, we're going off on a tangent here, but I gotta get this out. Do you remember Cocoon? Yeah. Okay. Same era. Think same idea. In idea, I mean something you think you're going to be interested in, but then you realize it's a really boring, warm, like heartwarming movie that you're like, Oh fuck, I'm stuck in this thing now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, but robots and an apartment building full of people just whatever. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's, it's from 87. You should, I saw it in the theater as a kid. It's adorable. It's by Mick Garris. He did Critters 2 and Sleepwalkers and Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is a good example. It feels like Hocus Pocus to okay. me. It's that very like, movie, but... kind of horror, yeah. but in the Disney realm of the 90s. Yep. That. Yep. But he also did The Fly 2. And, oh, fuck yeah. Uh, I'll give him that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's done some shit. I'm getting off track here. Oh, I'm sorry. But... I've got one more person that is in the special okay. Okay. Uh, effects team that I would like to know. Greg Kamen. I think that's how you say Old it. Greg. It looks like canon, but the last letter is M instead of N. So no, 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 you're saying it wrong. You pronounce. I know you're not good at pronunciation, but you pronounce this one wrong. This one is. Come on, Greg. No, so so nothing. So mo- moving oh. on. 
so he uh so greg has worked with a few of todd's movies the one i mentioned earlier todd tucker he's done a few of those like watchmen hannibal and bless the child etc etc but he also he got some bigger movies handed to him like titanic he did like the special effects for the penguin in batman returns he did master and commander with russell crowe he did pirates of the caribbean so he does like a lot of horror movies that are note to us like that we would recognize so i mean like some of those are like big time for him and he probably got paid a lot more he had his hand in on a lot of horror movies that we liked so like he did uh idle hands Ex- Ooh, yeah love that one yeah exorcism of emily rose exorcist three which is a personal favorite of mine blade thinner yeah alien three fright night two from 1988 not the newer one not the new, yeah. yeah. The Lost Boys, Night on Elm Street Part Three, the oh, Dream, shit. the Dream Warriors, the Howling, which was someone you said earlier. That so that yeah, same David Allen worked, yeah, that. same team. Curtains, that warning, and then Cocoon. So you want to go right back? Oh into that. shit! And I've eaten ice cream and apple pie, and I've done things I shouldn't do. Fucking full circle to Cocoon. Yeah. And then also, I Ugh. thought this was kind of cool because you don't really get to see this too often with like special effects teams. He actually worked on Ozzy's music video for Bark at the Moon. And then he also worked oh, that's cool. on Michael Jackson's Thriller. So like both that's like kind of cool. horror related music videos. So I thought that was kind of cool. But, you know, I feel like I feel like I knew that Bark at the Moon had something to do with the howling. Yeah. Because I was obsessed with that album when I was a kid. And like the cover artwork with Ozzy is the werewolf and. I, I feel like I've heard that somewhere before, but that's interesting. It's, you know, that's connected. Cool. Yeah. Oh, actually, cool, cool, um, cool. I've got one more, actually. I, I guess there is the, the team in this movie is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and the cast is terrible. Right. It's like some of these people were like, <laughs> yeah, so we did the special effects and we went on and did these huge things. And the actors was like, yeah, we gave up in the 90s. So Roland yeah. Black Coffin, because that's not how you say his name, but uh, <laughs> he uh, he is the... I've got it marked down as the big boy of this movie. He went on and did like huge things. He did Attack the Block. He did Oh, yeah. cool. He did Hellboy 1 and 2. He did The Strain, okay. the the series on FX. He he didn't do yeah. all of it. He did like a few episodes. He did effects in The Green Room. I don't know if you watched that one or not. The, yep. the Nazi yep. movie. Fucking love that. Yeah. He do the like the arm slice. I think so. Cuz that shit was wild. Whoa. Crimson Peak. Yes, I loved that Freaks movie. of Nature. I don't know if you watched that one. I don't know if I have. It was a fun, like, I think it was zombies, vampires, werewolves, and aliens all meet together, and they just have this huge clash, but it's funny and gory. Night on Elm Street's Dream Child, which I think is part five. Little Monsters with Hallie Mandel. Oh, yeah, cool. Total Recall, the original. See at the party, Richter! RoboCop Mm -hmm. 2 and 3. The Gate 2. He had Marvel and DC. He had, like, Avengers, Guardians of Galaxy, Man of Steel, Blade 3. Which Blade, no, no Blade okay. is obviously Marvel still. The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2 with Andrew Garfield. X-Men uh, Days of Future Past. Batman vs. Superman. And Superset Squad. So, like, this dude sprinted away from this fucking movie. And was like... Now I'm gonna do some things. And then we've got <laughs> Stefan. His, his actual name is uh, Michael Watson. He's in the series that Robert England did called Freddy's Nightmare. Every town has an Elm Street. And he is uh, credited as Man. Oh, Man? He went on to play Man? Yeah, he went That's on good. to play Man in one episode. <laughs> Shit. Now, who was, what was his name again? The guy that we were just talking Michael about? Michael Watson. Are you talking about Stefan? 
because that's Mike Watson. No, 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 no. The effects. Oh, it, it's Roland Blankafer. I, I, it Black Coffin. Oh, I was okay. I see it. I now. can't say it's nice on actual last name. Blancafleur. Roland Blancafleur. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, so that was the yeah. guy I was talking about. So. You know, I think one of the things I enjoy about this podcast more than anything is most of these movies have either Italian or Romanian or or oh, you crew members that have names that are not English. <laughs> love, love listening to you struggle through those fucking names, man. They're so bad. I, don't, I think it was uh, the producer, Ian, and I was like, yeah. oh. okay, so it's it's Ian. And I like looked up how to pronounce it on YouTube, and I was like, okay, so it's Ian. <laughs> All right, so that's how it is. It's not. It's I-O-N. So I was like, so is it yeah. Ian or is it Ion? And I had to look up that. And then I was like, all right, so how the fuck do I say his last name? <laughs> so then I looked it up and it's, <laughs> I've got it as, sounds like Ian Askew. Like Ian <laughs> you. And I was like, so it's hey, that's... Ian, Ian Askew. And it's like, man, what? You know what? This is the last one I'm going to do that because I'm, I, there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce these fucking names. Spell it out. Right. Man, I don't, I don't know how you don't know about Ian Ionescu, dude. He produced Gargoyle. Dude, just, just stop. <laughs> I seen that on there, and I was like, I'm going to say there's nothing of note that he did. And I was like, I guarantee you, Chris knows who the fuck he did Gargoyle. Uh, uh, Gargoyle is terrible. God. Oh, it's so- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? It's just strange that the cast is so of no note and quite a bit of the staff went on to do other shit. What's shit? Well, the crew, it, I would like, say uh, it's not even like the staff so much as like the special effects team, because the writers, Jackson sure. Barr and, uh, and David, I think it's Pabian, 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 Pabian. maybe. OK, they yeah. really didn't yeah. do too much. They did like a few other like kind of Charles Band movies. They did Puppet Master 2 and like. Mm-hmm. Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. I think David actually was a dialogue coach for Crash and Burn, but like they really didn't <laughs> okay. do much else. And the fuck is a dialogue coach on a movie about giant robots? I, honestly, I don't know. And at this <sighs> point in Charles Band movies, what what is a dialogue coach? <laughs> True. So okay, point will take. But I, uh, but also Jackson Barr uh, wrote Robot Wars, which. You've mentioned before yeah. is maybe a future watch for us. And uh, Robot Wars, the sequel to Robot Jocks, yeah. and Crash and Burn is like a, a movie that because they're all three basically kind of the same thing, but Crash and Burn isn't connected. It's just an, it's like Twister and Tornado mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, it's mm. <laughs> it's Twister, it's Twister <laughs> and like Night of the Twisters with Devin Sawa. <laughs> there's 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 Bill. Okay, Paul. that's better. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Bill Paxton, yeah. and then there's this yeah. other movie that you've never need to see ever because it was a USA TV <laughs> movie. So, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> and we're finally into the end sequence inside the castle. The two friends of hers, who are both now Radu's vampire maidens, are bringing Michelle and in front of Stefan, so I assume he can witness Radu. Do his dirty work. So yet again, we have Radu shitting all over Stefan just because he wants to for shits and giggles. Yeah. You do that, I am warning you right now, if you touch my drums, I will stab you in the neck with a knife. The very first scene, Radu gets what he wants. Mm-hmm. He wants the bloodstone. The rest of this series of movies is about the bloodstone and Radu basically trying to get it back. Mm-hmm. And so at the very beginning of this series, Radu has what he wants. 
And then he just spends the entirety of the film shitting on his brother that he thinks is a pussy. <laughs> I mean, that's as it as yeah. it should be. Yeah. yeah, he could have easily turned Michelle in the other room, but he wants his other vampire bitches to drag her in there. And so Stefan, while he's chained up on the wall, can watch him turn being her. the it. absolute worst vampire ever. <laughs> Oh, like love you it. You don't get you a know, single fang. Okay. Like you can't just vamp out just a no. little bit and get like no, up. nah, nah. No, he's like that. He's like that douchebag in Underworld that when he became like the hybrid Scott of vampire Steven. and werewolf, instead of being the instead of being super cool, he's just in blackface. I don't know what happened there. I, I, I turned blue. <laughs> so yeah, you want to talk about shitty vampires? Yeah, no, Put him on the list. True. This scene, so this scene right now where he's biting her neck, this is a crazy cool scene, I think, because he's like, it's this slow draw in of him biting her and you keep waiting for something to stop him, but it's so drawn out and then he digs into her and like gnaws back and forth for a minute. It's kind of brutal. It's kind of drawn out and kind of brutal because I think you're waiting the whole scene for like, oh, someone's going to come in. And then old dude comes in and does shoot the vampire maiden with his rosary bead shotgun shells. Team Carl. Yep. Waste them all on. Was that Lillian or Mara? I get them mixed up. Which what? Does it matter? Oh, which one gets the one shot? that just got shot? Yeah, I am Doesn't not matter. at that Doesn't moment matter. yet. So <laughs> once all the vampires, neither one of them really talk, so you can't tell the difference between the Romanian girl and the American girl. But uh, but yeah, he he blows his rosary load on her. Gross. Mm. And and now we get our epic sword fight between Radu and Stefan. I do like the final confrontation. How that second shotgun shot just blows her tit off. Yeah. <laughs> like getting punched in the tit already hurts like a bitch. Could you imagine taking a full fucking shotgun blast of rosary beads <laughs> to the boob? Even if she's I mean, not dead, she's done. That's that's it. I'm just what do you think, done for the night. What do you think would rosary beads even would they penetrate? I mean, if you're a vampire, then they're, you know, they would cut right through you but as a person all right so we're gonna we're gonna talk through this terrible fucking sword fight that's going on right now uh yeah so to yeah. go back to that it's pretty bad first films i was talking about on shutter yeah. they had the crow and they were talking about how like he you know, brandon lee wasn't shot by an actual bullet he was shot because someone had like a blank load in the gun that they had fired off yeah and the way the prop gun was set up after you shot that shell you had to pull like a part of it out because it was it wasn't like quite a full blank or something. Well, they sure. didn't do that. They didn't pull it out, so it stayed in the chamber. So when they put a blank in huh. there, that little piece of metal that was left from the the last bullet was shot out with the force of a gun, and that's what fucking shot through him and killed him. It can't rain all the time. Yeah, because I'd always heard it was some kind of blank that had yeah. gone wrong, but I didn't know the science. So if of you it. really want to look at it that way, wooden beads. I mean, maybe you know, that's I don't know. what you know. Back then, I would say they weren't made out of plastic because they're not mass producing these rosaries. So sure, they're wooden sure. beads with the power of a shotgun. And yeah, I could I could yeah. easily see you maybe you know penetrating. Oh no. But... So Lillian or Mara <laughs> is pinned to the floor with the chandelier, and Radu's been stabbed and. Stefan's getting ready to take his head off, and so he's shit on his brother one too many times, and Stefan's had it out with him. So now he's just gonna kill him. But also, him yeah. holding that sword with those long ass fingers just looks like a group of fucking antlers. 
<laughs> like it does. I like. It doesn't make sense on how long his fingers are grabbing a sword. You have knives for fingers. Just slash at him. Yeah, nah, I'm gonna get the sword out real quick and lose the fight immediately. You know, I think I I don't hate Radu's sword skills because he appears like because they're big broadswords and he looks like he's lunging at him with him. I, they're not yeah. elegant, but. They should have taken a couple more classes in sword fighting oh, before yeah. they. Did I the say, should not be brought up during the sword fight. No, but I mean, the tagline of the movie is not "the knight has swords." It's "the knight has fangs." So and long ass fingernails. <laughs> you know, you know. Typically, on some of those other movies we've watched, there have been we have found multiple like different taglines. And oh yeah, that's the only one I. Could that's find for the this. only one I could find as well, and I think uh, Spooky is the last one we watched. They had six. Like this one, they were like, "No, nah, yeah. that's what it is." Night has fangs, sealed, done. There's nothing else they can do to this movie to make it better. <laughs> it's a, that's a lame ass tagline. That is generic as it well, comes. Let's, let's talk about generic here. So the trailer for this movie <laughs> even borrows music. Yeah, they used uh, Stuart Gordon's From Beyond's theme to to put that music <sighs> in so the good. trailer, and it's like, all right, man. Like, what point did you guys just say? All right, we kind of just give up. What do you? What else do we? Can we use his music? What about his? How do you think they got away with that? Back then, they didn't really weren't fighting it. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just maybe it was such low release, like Full Moon Video, because it's a straight yeah. to video. I mean, it, it could have been one of those things that they didn't realize until later on, and then even then, they were like, maybe there could be like a mutual respect, or he could have asked. I guess you know. Yeah, but. Uh, you know, some people are just like, oh, man, it's cool that he used our music. Or, you know, maybe it's the same composer or something to put the, yeah. the theater or the, the trailer together. But who knows? Well, speaking of music, last thing I would like to mention before we wrap this movie up, the movie's almost over, is there is a little band called Marduk. I don't know if you've ever heard of Marduk before. Uh, they are a black metal band and they're Swedish. Mm-hmm. And in 98, they put in 1998, they put out an album called Nightwing. And the title track, also called Nightwing, is essentially a sampling from the theme music to this movie made into a black metal song. And, you know, if you'd bear with me, I'd just like to read a couple lines from the song because it's pretty fucking. I mean, you've put me through an hour and a half of this garbage, so why not? So uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing because I don't know if you, how much black metal you listen to. I know you know what it is, but it's kind of long and drawn out. Um, so I'm just going to skip through a few things that are clearly talking about Radu that I just think is kind of neat. Let's see here. Five lines in, the line is craving for the ever blood dripping saint's stone. The butt plug. Uh-huh. He says, and the mantle of power should be shouldered by the firstborn, the one who craves evil and all kinds of human feelings scorn, who drank his father's blood and leaves his foes ripped and torn, and which the king hauls up high since long forlorn. Which I think is cool that it just specifically mentions his kills his dad and that he's the firstborn. And then later on it mentions and behold life like the one who with teeth was born from their mother's womb. Because a big part of this movie is, which we didn't really go into, is that the plot is that the king was bewitched by an evil sorceress who cursed him and turned him into a vampire, and then they had the baby Radu. She was 
killed or banished? Can't quite remember. And then he got with a human woman, and that's Stefan's mom. So the fact that they mentioned the mother's womb, I thought was kind of interesting because it is specific to the movie. And then from then on, it's kind of, you know, your Enchanter of Ghouls, Exposed Fang, Blood Drools, Claws of Death, Reaper's Breath. That's all in there. But if you uh, if you hang loose to the end of the episode after our closing music, I'm going to slip this bad boy in there in its entirety until they take make us take it down. So why not check it out? I think it's <laughs> worth listening to. There's a lot of background story to this film that's not quite explained. Like, yeah, kind of like gloss over the Bloodstone and like its purpose. Yeah, and it's for the sequel to be called the Bloodstone. Like you would think it would kind of have a little bit more of a you know a prominent presence in this movie watching it from my perspective this was one of the few times i've watched this movie when you watch that opening scene you don't quite understand that what the fuck where where is this bloodstone what's the bloodstone and it said that the bloodstone is contained the blood of saints for all vampires who are good and can yes. sustain their existence so it's like kind of like an immortal blood and it's like that's kind of important yeah, and they do, I will tell you, they do go into it in more in yeah. the sequel movie. Essentially, because, you know, I like to make my own idea of the background of these movies. And I look at it like, because you said it in there, that it's for it's basically for good vampires that don't mm-hmm. want to eat people. It's supposed to be like they can go to it, they can get what they need, but so they don't have to kill mm-hmm. people. So the king wants to leave it to his good son, because he knows Radu is just out there eating bitches. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another layer of Radu just because Radu doesn't really need it other than he's a yeah. glutton. And so it's just because he's got he can just eat whoever he wants. He eats several right. people in the movie. So because that's something I think people watching like, well, why does he fucking want it? He's a vampire. He right. can just eat people. But I think he just wants it because, A, it's his like it's his family's like legacy. Mm-hmm. It's his heirloom, you know, and his mom is important and she is. She does. She is in the second and third movie. She is part of the reason I recommend watching the second movie because they call her Mummy, by the way, in the description. Which, spoiler alert, she's undead as fuck, and special effects nice. in her are pretty cool. There's some more of that there too, but I think really it just has to do with it's that thing in the movie that it, they need an artifact or something to center it around. You know, like we talked about it uh, in a previous movie. Uh, what, do, what were we talking about in Spookies? Was yeah, it a Ouija so board? It's a yeah. conduit. So, you know, you it's, need something. It's your main source right, yeah, of power uh, for the, the movie, con- basically. And that's what the Bloodstone is in this one. But the only reason that Rodu would want it is, you know, to shit yeah. on his brother. <laughs> because one need it at all. fuck Stefan at any time of the day. Stefan won't eat people. So Stefan well, needs also, it. We also, me and Chris both come from a family with brothers. And fuck yeah. that brother. That is not me. So, no. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if, if my mom oh. was to buy something for my brother, either I'm taking it or I'm breaking it. One of the two. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking, yeah. I'm Radu as well. I'm in that relationship with my brother. Yeah. Matt's totally Radu. Or he's uh, oh my God, totally Stefan. And I'm totally. The better qualities. <laughs> no way. No. No, he'll never hear this. So it doesn't matter. Well, that's because he doesn't support your endeavors. So he is actually Stefan. So. You know, well, you know, what are you going to do? Well, well, that's it. That's the end of that wonderful film. Don't you agree with me, Chad? I mean, I w- didn't you? I mean, you got to admit it's better than Spookies. Hey, I love Spookies. But watching this two to three times, like back to back, because <laughs> God damn it, I hate it. This movie, it, it, the pacing of it's the only thing that really hurts it. Yeah. It's the, horrible. The pacing, I agree. I like, 100% there's, agree. There's yeah. a lot of good qualities to this film. There's a lot of really cool creature effects. 
but the pacing of this movie, the first time like I had to revisit it, I was like, good God, I don't remember this being so fucking slow. And, yeah, I agree. I had the same. I had the same. Yeah. Exact so, uh, actually, you know, I actually enjoy it. I think it's a really good vampire movie for sure. Why don't you go ahead and give me your best of worst right. stuff for this movie? Like, uh, give me a All highlight right. and a low light. R- rub, this film, rubbing my hands well. together, making my little my little play yeah, yeah. snake right yeah. now. So, <laughs> the the okay. best and worst parts. All right. So, worst part. Anytime fucking Stefan was on screen, I absolutely <laughs> hate him. He served no purpose. Yeah. He did nothing, but honestly, if if I was to give a positive about his character, it's because Radu constantly had someone to shit on, and without him, he wouldn't have anyone to yeah. shit on. So, that is like the worst part of Stefan. I absolutely hate him. But the best part, I would say, would be... Mm, I like the crawl space idea. Like, when they, they introduce... The you know like when they they bring the girls yeah. the three college girls into you know like where they're staying and they show the different crawl spaces mm-hmm. and he kind of uses that yeah. the Friday Thirteenth yeah. remake they did in like two thousand nine I think they use like the underground sure tunnels have. it's the same sense they gave them a way to sneak into uh, different rooms and kind of sneak away and it's like that's where you get the really cool effect with like the fingers grabbing like on the ground that is. It's really cool. It's really effective. It gives you a nice little creepy aspect to him. He doesn't seem comical because at times he does, like the him grip, gripping the sword. <laughs> the, yeah, but I don't think he ever plays intentional comedy. I think Radu is is yes. he is taking this yeah. serious. And like as I said, that, there was a part when Mara turned into a vampire. Her teeth weren't quite on her teeth. There's never a time that it looks like he's got fake teeth in his mouth. Like, he, it looks no. fluid. It, he talks fluid. It doesn't look like he's got a piece in his mouth and he talks a little weird. Yeah. yeah all that is positive. So we'd say in most shots, yeah. he's, he's believable. So, like, like I said, the, the cross space yeah. thing is my my best part of this movie, I think, is is just great. But at the same time, Raldu takes a very close second in the sense that he's a very believable vampire. He's, he's a very unique mm-hmm. vampire. He has a, a good look to him. He's yeah. a he's a character. He's, they yeah, made a horror. On they were trying to make, yeah. horror and then Stefan yeah, sucks. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's you have one brother who is unforgettable and one brother who is right. utterly so and completely if I had forgettable. To put this on a rating scale. Rate. One one out of five. This would be a three Charles Band out of five Charles Band on the rating scale because <laughs> Charles Band. Oh. Charles and I, I think it's a good movie. I think the the pacing kind of hurts it. There, like I said, Rod, when Rodu's not on the screen, yeah. it's just very boring. There's not anything that really grabs it. I think if they would have used Angus a little bit more, maybe you would have got a little bit more character development or like some something to drag your attention along. But Jesus Christ, they they literally took a nap on the hillside for two hours. They yeah. literally got bored. Yeah, like, oh, I forgot. No. About it's so dark outside. We'll never be able to find our way home, and it's still daylight. I'm like, well, you guys are just hurting for plot points at this point. <laughs> but... Yeah, the, the nap sequence in written in the script, you would think that yeah. would be like, do we need this? So anyways, that's my rating. It's three sequence. Charles Band out of five Charles Band. Okay. I enjoyed it. It's a good, it's a, it's a good three Charles movie. Band. I wouldn't say it's a bust, but it doesn't make my top ten, but it's definitely enjoyable. Very memorable characters. 
fact that they actually shot it in Romania, like for the budget they had, they, yeah. they never quite listed how much they shot it for. But like those set pieces aren't set pieces. That's just Romania. And it's, it's right. really it's cool, Romanian very ruins. gothic, very castle-like, very cool. So that is my review. Chris, what, yeah. what about you? Okay. This was my pick. So I'm definitely jaded on this one. You know, uh, I'm going to be more positive than you are probably. But, I mean, I'm not going to cut it any slack. Like, my negative for this movie is definitely just the empty fucking mm-hmm. space in it. Like, I could park a whole fucking jetliner <laughs> in all the, the air this fucking movie has. I kind of wish someone would take it and just cut it up and make a, just a half an hour master yeah. cut. You could show Radu kills his dad, takes the bloodstone, girls show up, then go immediately yeah. to him killing them. <laughs> All that shit out, and then jump straight to the fucking sequence at the end in the yeah. castle. We're done. You don't really lose any of it, because they don't seem to spend that time doing productive plot making, and instead they spend that time walking mm-hmm. around in Romania. I was like, man, this, this drags a little bit. This definitely drags a little bit. But for me, you know, as as... As such a creature feature fan, man, like a, a little bit of paint goes a long way for me. And Radu and his minions specifically are definitely my high point in this movie because I could just Agreed. watch them Agreed. all day I long. Say the, the minions and, and Helm like, are, are the best parts of this movie. And that's what it could be a glorified yeah. Tales from the Crypt episode and give me like 30 to 45 minutes of just that. And then be like, this is fucking perfect. You know, ultimately, like this is a movie that I like to put on in the background and yeah. do stuff like if I'm going to be painting or drawing and this one's on, I can look up and see Radu and the minions and get like a little bit of horror inspiration from it, but then not have yeah. to watch a lot of it. So yeah, uh, Radu is definitely my favorite thing about the whole movie and, mm-hmm. and his minions. As far as my rating for it, I'd say on a scale of evil bong to <laughs> puppet master, I'd put it somewhere um, maybe around a robot jocks nice. or a castle freak. So, you know, we're not quite to Puppet Master, but we're, we're not, definitely we're no not evil top bomb. shelf bourbon, but we're not well for, for sure. Exactly. Exactly. You're not you're not the leftovers from the night at the bar all poured into one cup, <laughs> but you're also not crystal head vodka, you know. So I would say solid. If I had to give it a number, I would say three yeah, and a half. I'd, I'd say I'd around say the same. It's, just, it's so, not quite a four, but at the same time, it's nowhere near a three. I get extra points because this one for me, has a lot of sentimental values. You know, some of these movies we've seen before, some of these movies, it's our first or second time seeing it, and this one, for me, has has a lot of sentimental value. So, with that... It is Oh, Jesus Christ. ...for my top five. Oh, here we go. This movie is a very paint-by-numbers vampire flick. It's very much... He can't stay Uh down in daylight. He sleeps in a coffin... Well, I mean, he sometimes yeah, stands I mean, out in daylight, so... <laughs> we know what we see and what they planned. At the same yeah. time, this movie is kind of an unconventional vampire movie. You're out of the coffin vampire movie, if you want to go out of the box. So, I've made a, uh-huh. I've yeah. made a top no, I got five yeah. of unconventional vampire movies. You can agree, disagree, but this is my oh. top five. We'll start off with okay. number five. We'll start off with the bottom, we'll go up. Stakeland, 2010. I've never seen yeah, either one of those because there's two, right? Stakelander. So it's a movie that follows a guy named Mister and someone he kind of meets out on the road, and it's a vampire-ridden apocalyptic movie, which you don't really get too much of. So, like, this is after the world's been yeah. kind of ruined, 
and you get that like that Mad Max feel. And there's these vampires starve for blood, so they're just at wit's end. They're not the I want to suck your blood kind of vampires. These are the like 28 days cool. later, run for your fucking life. We're gonna tear your head off and suck your blood kind of vampires. Stakeland, you haven't seen it? 2010. Yeah, it's fucking great. It doesn't pull punches. It's fucking violent. Number cool. four would be Blade 2. I don't know if I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. It's a Marvel mm-hmm. movie. You can fight me on that one. Blade is a Marvel character. But Blade 2 was the introduction <laughs> to that vampire where the face would split open. It's been a thing now with yeah. Stranger Things. You get that like face splitting. You didn't, you didn't have that prior to this movie. Yeah. And you got a vampire movie where the vampires were actually scared of these like super vamps. And Blade 2 is violent. It's funny, like it's an action vampire movie. It's more for like Resident Evil where it became that kind of goofy uh, horror action. And number three, we brought this up actually earlier. I let the right one in because yeah. it's a little unconventional. Yeah, of it's kind of a romance. You got the kid that doesn't really know what's going on and then you got the neighbor who's a vampire but they establish a bond and you don't really quite know that she's a vampire, she's a monster, which in the original, they don't really say like her sex. It's part of the a plot point. I think it's supposed to be kind of yeah. uh, ambiguous in the original. So you get that, you know, that's a, sure. it's a weird plot point. There's right. that one scene, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's you have like, to watch it to, to fully yeah. understand that. So sure. The next door neighbor vampire is trying to establish a bond to try to make a friendship. And it's not to lure someone in to have that vampiric, like I need a feed kind of thing. It's just loneliness and you don't really get that it's great it is it is fucking great so that's, number two yeah. okay anyway uh, from dust till dawn 1996 that's an hour of it's not a vampire movie it's a it's, <laughs> it's a heist you're right movie. it's a heist and movie for the first it's one hour of those movies if, if you were to play that movie for me for the first time nowadays i'd be like man this is fucking great it's quarantino like style movie where they're just run the run and da 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 and then the fucking vampire scenes start happening and it's like what the fuck am I watching? Like, they're in that titty bar <laughs> that ends up being on the ancient ruins that are all temples, yeah. and it's like... What? What? <laughs> what am I watching? Am I, is, it a, is it a heist? Is it an action movie? Is it... What? What is going on? I did not. Did you see that in the theater? Did, did you see that movie in the theater? I did. I, I absolutely did. I remember it. I remember that in sequence with the pan out. That's my pretty, favorite pretty scene of that movie, like too. It's just like... It gives you just a little bit more oh, yeah, while the yeah. fucking trucks are sitting down there and you get the temple stairs going up. I was like 12 when that movie came out, so I wasn't allowed to see all that. Yeah, but... I wasn't old. I wasn't like, I think I was... 96, so what were you? Uh, maybe 20... 16? 16. Okay, so four years. Okay, so yeah. yeah I mean, that 16. makes sense, though. I mean, you're yeah. a little older, you were able to sneak in the movies back then. It was a high school date. <laughs> I do remember like... Just watching the movie and for, kind of forgetting, like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be like on a date because the movie's fucking good. And I also went to Horror Nights in Orlando when they decided to make a, a haunted house of the series. So I got to I got to watch the series. Oh, and cool! Literally cool. walk on set for that series and be scared by it too. That's cool. which I thought the series was great as well. I thought that was I thought I don't know quite about two and three, but the first season was great. That's yeah. what I watched. I watched the first season. I like the that they mm-hmm. stretched out the story of the brothers and explained mm-hmm. a lot about the Kooky brother. I thought that was really cool. But I started watching the second season, and it starts out with yeah, what's his Bill, name Bill Fez Mar- from that Ra- '70s Ra- show, Rama. and and he's this. Yeah, I want I want you to say Wilmer that name one more time. Balmorama. 
Alibaba, the treasure is mine. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Vom Bomber vomit vomit Rama. Okay. <laughs> He's like a snake yeah. vampire at the beginning, and I just like uh, it just didn't keep me, you know. Yeah. So and then they I don't get know, the, but I did like the first Jake season. Busey but. comes in like anyway, third season too, and it's just like, well, this is uh, definitely a sign of exit. Oh, well. So yeah. <laughs> I did too, but I at like the same Jake time, Busey. you know what happens when he gets involved. So That's true. My number That's one, nineteen eighty-seven, starring Mr. Bill Paxton, Near Dark. Oh, of course. I don't know why you I didn't should, see that though. fucking coming. It's not coming. quite a typical vampire. I, I should have. No, no. N- most people would not see that coming. Oh, yeah. You and me, I see that coming from you because I know you and I know you Severin. dressed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's his name? Severin. Yeah. Yes. A couple years ago for Halloween. And I know you and I are both that big fans of that movie. General, so. but yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah R.I.P., buddy. But yeah, uh, Near Dark, you get the cowboy kind of aspect, like Barker, biker bar, like. They're outlaws. They're on the run. They live in a fucking... Is it an RV? It's a different kind of vampire movie. It's not your glitz glamour. It, you get a shot of Severin, which played by Bill Paxson. He literally kicks the bartender's throat open with the spurs and then pulls him over to the bar and just drinks from him. Like, you're not getting that epic, from a regular vampire movie. You're going to get that from this fucking movie. And Near Dark no. is my top favorite vampire movie. It is hands down it's hysterical yeah they even mentioned in this movie about keeping odd hours that's a line in that movie like it's just great that's mm-hmm. that is my top five uh, forgive me if i'm wrong but they, they don't, don't ever say vampire in that movie right i don't think they ever yeah. say the v word in near dark at all and if we could just give that movie credit for what it really needs the credit for and that's got lance henriksen in it yeah. when he no, didn't when suck he was around the the era of yeah. like bishop and pumpkin head and you know oh, man. Bishop. but i mean like that's that's a good era for him. Yeah. No, it's a, definitely one of my favorite too. I love that movie and the Severin sequence at the bar when he uses spurs is just if we're talking about epic scenes period in film horror history. That's if there was top 50 cool scenes oh, yeah. in horror movies from that era, that's on that list. So, and maybe top yeah. 10. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's like I always question that in movies when they have mm-hmm. a character that has a name like Severin, what's the purpose of giving a character in a fictional movie that's just mm-hmm. like an hour and a half of someone's time where the names only matter a little bit. Why would you make something so complicated and hard to, un- you know what I mean? Cause I didn't know what his name was right. until I saw it in the credits. Cause they say it in the movies like, what the fuck is that? Is that a name? What is, are they saying seven? It's just a strange choice for me to not just name him like Bob Smith, yeah. you know? Oh man. I'm not, I would say RIP Lance Hendrickson, except he's, he's still alive. He, He's 100 but, going on 80. But there was a time so when I he's 80. He's 80. He's he was born in 1940. Not that so he looks younger, but 80. the fact that he's just living um, forever. Yeah, well, he's not quitting. Uh, I mean, you got to give him fucking credit. Like I just watched a trailer last night, Exorcism at 60,000 feet. Okay. So, if you took Soul Plane and you Jesus. made it a horror movie, <laughs> that's this it's it's one of those movies that you watch the trailer and I'm going to just turn off the trailer because mm-hmm. it's like this is beneath me <laughs> and that's saying something. But something changed my mind about it and I kept watching it and it looks terrible. It's it's kind of naked gun, but it's also I have to know. But anyway, he's the captain of the plane in Exorcism at 60,000 feet and he still has credits above that on his IMDb. One, two, three, four, five, six. He has 18 credits beyond that movie. Still dude, on that IMDb. dude is just <laughs> so like he is just working his ass right. off. 
They, he's 80. They just wheeled zero. One movie set to the next. Like, all right, well, you've got exorcism yeah. at 60,000 feet, and then you've got exorcism at 50,000 yep. feet next door, and then you've got <laughs> the airplane that was haunted. Uh, God love him, though. Stage, and he's just like, all right, man, wherever I'm going to go, just sign the text. Like, man. There was an era where if I saw a movie at the at the video store and it had Lance Henriksen in it, I rented that fucking movie. That, he like, was he was a force you know, to be reckoned with when he was younger. He, fuck yeah, man. I mean, ever since I saw Pumpkinhead, oh yes. he was Ed Harley from then on out. And I can I can still hear her in that movie mm-hmm. saying his name. Ed Harley. It's iconic. So, oh well. R.I.P. Bishop, even, even though he's still alive. He used to be so great. You really got to look at, like, he's got some really iconic roles, too. And it's just, yeah, he was he was someone to be noted back then. And now it's just... Yeah, well, he's turned into, yep. I call those Eric Roberts, because whenever I see Eric Roberts That's in a movie, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and he's kind of become that, so. Well, I didn't really mean to end this episode on a memorial for the still-alive <laughs> Lance Henriksen, but uh, <laughs> I think actual horror fans will feel what we're saying and agree with us. And if you don't, <laughs> email us at midnightmovieclub at gmail.com. That's midnightmovieclub, but club is with a K at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at midnightmovieclub and uh, reach out to us. Tell us you listen to it. Tell us to fuck off. Whatever you want. I don't care. Just I'm going to say this <laughs> because I'm shameless. No one has oh, emailed well, us mean, except for Google. You yet. could say it in the sense that no one's emailed <laughs> us, but we've got recommendations on our Instagram, and you can follow us on that. So I definitely recommend following us on Instagram. But if you want to win the a prize of <laughs> probably nothing, but you can feel good about yourself, shoot us an email, and we will mention you on the following podcast. If you want to ask any questions, we may read them on an episode or uh, make any recommendations. I will say we are not going to be probably taking recommendations for movies for a while because I know I have a library I want to burn through and you do too. So, you know, give us recommendations. There's some movies. Sure. Sometimes he recommends movies I haven't watched. Sometimes I've recommended movies he hasn't watched. Well, then I guess until next time, see you then.